Good morning. Okay, I got to get all my gear together here. Um, so, you know, I have been, there's one thing, I, there's a lot of things I like about what, what's going on with this in our new pastor and all. One of them is how he's up here on the front floor <laughs> speaking to us. I, I don't know, Alan, I just, I like that homey feeling that getting close like that uh, does for us. Um, now, let me make sure. Let me tell you a story about what I'm doing here. It's not working? So, there we go. Um, yeah, back remember whenever we, we didn't have services and we had to record them? Remember that? So, Jeremy had a camera, kind of like what we have back there, and it was in that room there, which was the old cafe. And so I walked up and he set it up and it had one of these and I put all my gear and I, had, I put my Bible and all of that on it. And Jeremy kind of does a prep and then he, he, he says, you're on, and he walks off. And so I'm sharing and it came time to read the Bible and I forgot to lock the thing and it had fallen down way down here. So when I turned to it, it was down there, and I had to, like, get out of the camera and come back up. So anyways, I think I got that fixed. But, um, you know, here's my challenge. I'm, I'm kind of like, if I get down there, I'm concerned that people in the back won't be able to see me. <laughs> you know, be like, I can't see him, you know. Well, I see his crown of his head moving, and that's about all I see, so... Anyways, I don't quite have it to get up on the floor, but usually I'm back here because I need to be in light so that I can see. But I'm encouraged by Alan's move down here, so I'm going to try it up here this morning. So, um, so we are in this series. We're in a, this is the third Sunday of our series. I have a question, okay? We're looking at... Five questions, I think there's like 330 of them that Jesus asked. You know, he's real skilled in asking a question when you ask him a question. Or you have a statement, he comes back with a question. And these are all those kind of types where he has a question back to the speaker. And if you have a Bible, we're going to be in John chapter 11 this morning. So if you have a Bible, if you have a phone app, pull that app and you can read with me. I'm going to be in the NIV, the New International Version. And so this is John chapter 11. Now, let me get my phone because I can't read that little clock back there. I know, it's crazy. Okay, so John chapter 11, we're going to start in verse 1. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume 
on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son Excuse me. So when he heard this, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, okay, wait, wait let me get back where I'm sorry. He's, no, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? What does that mean, right? There's that kind of question where he comes with that. He's really good with that. So here's kind of the deal, right? You know, Jesus really had this close relationship with Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. He's been to their home and eaten in their home. He's taught in their home. He, 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 in his humanness, he, he's bonded to them and they're bonded to, to him. And so he always enjoys going there. And this, the, the sisters know who he is. They fully believe in him. And they sent word really for Jesus to come and pray for healing, to heal him. But when Jesus hears that, he says, it's, this sickness is not going to end in death. And then he stays two more days. And the disciples kind of probably forgot about that. And then suddenly he says, now let's go back into Judea. And they're concerned for his life. And Jesus responds to their concern with the question. Now, I want to ask you this question. Do you think the disciples ever became frustrated? Huh? I mean, we know from reading the gospel that there were times where they wanted to ask Jesus something, but they were hesitant. Hey, ask him what that means. I'm not asking him what that means. That they were, I'm not about to step into that. And so, I, you know, when we read the scriptures, we can't, it's just like reading a newspaper report. We don't know what the tone of voice was and what their facial expressions was, but I'm kind of thinking it was like this when the disciples heard him say, let's go back to Judea. Lord, do you want to go back to Judea where people are wanting to kill you? I mean, how can you, how can you say that? You want to go back there? And what does that have to do with daylight? People want to kill you. K-I-L-L. -L, you. <laughs> but Jesus, you know, he always kind of can one-up you. You know what I mean? I mean, he's, he's like, he can always come back with something. And let me ask you this. Do you ever think Jesus rolled his eyes like, oh, brother. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. You know, you ever think he did that? 
with his disciples. And so here, I'm kind of thinking, you know, Jesus is like, oh boy, you knuckleheads. You're always thinking about the earthly realm. You're always in your little box. And you never think outside your box. You know? The Father has sent me on a mission and He's going to complete it. So why should I fear people? And so there's this, this communication back and forth. And I, I just, I love how I don't know, I just get the impression that they're real with him sometimes. Sometimes they're hesitant, but he's real with them, but in a different kind of way real. He's, he's always kind of like throwing these curveballs. Now, in baseball, there's this pitch called a curveball, right? If you know what baseball is, right? And the batter, now the batter thinks the ball is going to land here, but the ball curves and lands here. Or he thinks it's going to land up here and it drops and, and lands here. So the batter does not know where the ball is going, but the pitcher knows exactly where the ball is going. And Jesus asks these curveball questions that are meant to stretch the disciples' thinking. And we can learn from that. And so, you may not know what God means at times, what He is doing in the moment, or where He is taking you in this season, but He knows exactly what He means, exactly what He is doing, and exactly where he is taking you. And the disciples then and the disciples now are learning to live kind of in that tension where we don't know, but we're believing and trusting and walking with one who does know. Okay? And just like them we are having to be stretched to begin to think like that. Now, of course, when Jesus has his curveball questions, really, the meat of what he's saying is in what follows up. So let's look at, really, his full answer. Let's see where it is here. Yeah, here it is. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. Now, Jesus says, let's go to Judea. It was just at the end of chapter 8 where the Jewish leaders had actually picked up stones to stone Jesus. That's how serious it had gotten. They didn't like what he was saying and they picked up stones. And so when they hear Jesus say, let's go back, naturally they don't want to do that, at least for now. They don't think that's the right decision. 
They see risk. They see danger. And so they say, Lord, are you sure about that? And Jesus responds to their natural, common sense thinking with something like, but there is another reality here at play. It's not just what you see is the full picture of things. There's more to it than what you see. There's another reality, and he's, he's stretching their thinking to think outside the box. And so Jesus, he's not trying to strike them out when he throws his curveball, but he's trying to stretch their thinking. And so there's something that we can learn from that. And here it is. The only way to know where you are going is to follow God, who is like the light. If you try to steer your course by your own understanding, you'll trip up because you'll be in the dark. But if you stick close to Him, and by doing so see situations from His point of view, then you will come out at the right place in the end. When you read Jesus, the Gospels, and you, you see all his questions and his, his working with them, he is trying to get them to realize, guys, it is, I need you to think differently because it's not just this realm. I get it. This is all you know. And that's what he's working with us. You look around today. And there's a lot happening. There are wars and rumors of wars. We see things beginning to fall apart in ways we have not seen in society, in economy. Okay, we're in another down this, that, and the other, and we've been through that, and it'll pick up. In politics. There's breaking down. There's division. There are things happening. And everyone just goes about their life because they think it's all going to somehow work out. But God has prophesied the end from the beginning. And what if it's on a decline? I mean, I hope things get better. But we're in a situation where we see things with our eyes and we can begin to feel anxiety and stress and concern about our future based on what we see. But the Spirit is telling us that that is not the only reality in existence. There's another reality at play. And suddenly we are like them. Back in their day, we are seeing things and we're concerned and we're saying, Lord, Lord, you ever done that with them? Lord, like when are you going to answer the prayer? Lord, come on. You know what? And he says, calm down. 
I got this. Calm down. And I think that's what he was telling them. Calm down. Because the father is saying, go back into Judea. And when he does that, and we follow him, when we stick close to him, then we can navigate this life and reach the end where we need to be. But if we continue to just look at what we see, and that speaks to us primarily, and we get consumed in that, we will begin to stumble because we won't be walking in His light. You got that? Powerful lessons for us. Powerful lessons. There is a natural, earthly way to approach all things in life. But this approach lacks understanding of the full reality. By sticking close to God, we see more clearly and thus can navigate this life with Him and arrive at the right place in the end. Do you know what the real right place for every believer is to maintain your faith firm until the end and fight the good fight of faith? That is the most important thing on your plate in your existence. And it's only those who endure to the end shall be saved. So you have to endure and pass through every curveball that comes into your life. And we all have them, some more than others. I mean, I, I had a huge curveball the morning of December 26 when I found my wife lifeless just six months ago. Man, I wasn't prepared for that. I thought the ball was going to land over here. And it curved on me and landed completely somewhere else. Some of you have had some real curveballs. But the Lord says to you, look to me. Because I got this. And if you and I happen to be living at a time when things are going to get rougher... His grace is sufficient. He will bring us through. But what does the scripture say? Draw near to him and he will draw near to us. There is this, there is this responsibility for us to draw near to him. Now, as we continue to read, I think the Lord has got some... I mean, this is some good stuff, but I think he's got more for us, okay? I think he's got more for us. So, let's go to the rest. Let's go to uh, verse 11. You know, like the slides almost look like they're kind of doubled up, so I apologize for that. Let's see, where are we? Hang on. Hang on. Relax. Calm down. <laughs> After he has said, okay, here it is. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so this is what Jesus continues to say. Now, after he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, 
If he sleeps, he'll get better. Everybody rolled their eyes. They missed it for the second time. They don't get it, man. Is that, do you ever not get it? I mean, they're not getting it, right? And so, and then we continue in 13. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. Everybody roll your eyes. (laughs) Three times and they still don't get it. They still don't get it. But look at this. There is so much hope because even when we aren't getting it, when we're slow to understand, when we think, I can't seem to get this right, in spite of ourselves, Jesus will take us to the next miracle. Jesus will take us to the next miracle. I mean, he doesn't say, okay, wait, man, strike three, you're out, I'm sorry. I'll go, you stay here. He doesn't do that. They still aren't getting it, but Jesus says, come on, guys, let's go. Let's go to Judea. And they witness a powerful miracle. You know what? Even when we fail, it doesn't stop him from being faithful and moving us forward. And that is hope. That is hope. You know what? I think that's an encouraging word for some of us who have gone through things and we may feel like, man, I'm just stuck in this. I'm just, I'm stuck where I'm at. And I don't see anything happening. I don't see any breakthrough and I'm stuck. And is there any future for me? Is there any hope for me? But the Lord is willing to take in your state and bring you to a miracle. He's able. Do you believe he's able to do that? Okay. At least we're there. He's able to do that. Will he do that? That's all he comes down to that. I know, you know, it's like the guy who says, Lord, I know it was the leper. He says, I know that if you're willing, you can make me clean. But the Lord says to you, I am for you. And I have a future and a hope for you. You are in the palm of my hand. No one can take you out. And if I gave my life for you when you were away from me, now that you're with me, how much more am I with you? I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you. You are mine. And so I want to encourage you to believe for things that you don't see yet. Faith is, I don't see it. I don't see it. It doesn't exist as far as I can tell. It does not exist. 
But he says something different. And therefore, I choose to step out and grab that, which I can't see. And so this morning, my heart, Lord, just come Holy Spirit right now. Just come. Come and help us to see beyond the natural, outside our box. Stretch us, Lord, to see and to believe that you are very capable. You know what's going on. You see all the turbulent winds blowing in our society this time. And you have called us to perfect peace in you. And you're very well capable. Nothing moves you. Nothing's hidden from your sight, Father. All things are bare before you. And you have promised us that if we hold on to you firm, you will bring us through and the storm will calm and we'll reach our end goal. Amen? Amen. So beauty, put